0: You know, you and I live in a world filled with hopelessness. Uh, there's people all around us that are searching, looking for answers, and it is indeed a hopeless world that we live in. Somewhat, some ways, it's not just limited to our day and age. I think back again of what took place in World War II and the awfulness of the things that happened to the people back in that day and age. Uh, the, especially over in the European European uh, area, where there was so much uh, battle, so many battles going on, so many things happening, I read again this week part of the book uh, by Korten Boom, a wonderful lady that died a few years ago. She wrote a book called "The Hiding Place." If you never had an opportunity to read that, I would encourage you to do so. It'll open your eyes to what hopelessness sounds like. Uh, She and her family, prisoners of war. Her sister, Betsy, died in that awful, uh, awful prison encampment that they treated the Jews so horribly. And I read a statement from that book. I want to share it with you tonight. She said it grew harder and harder. Even within these four walls, there was too much misery, too much seemingly seemingly pointless suffering. Every day, something else failed to make sense. Something else grew too heavy. But as the rest of the world grew stranger, one thing became increasingly clear. Our Bible was the center of an ever-widening circle of help and hope. Like wafts clustered around a blazing fire, we gathered about it, holding holding out our hearts to its warmth and light. Life in Ravensbrook took place on two separate levels, mutually impossible. One, the external life that grew every day more horrible. The other, the life we lived with God in hope, grew daily, better, truth upon truth, Glory upon glory. Isn't that amazing that even in the spite of those kinds of difficulties. And horrific things that took place. The mistreatment of human beings in such an awful way. They still had hope. And that hope was grounded in God's word. Again we could even go back uh, in our generation. Uh, Some of you, well, most of you here tonight were alive on September the 11th, 2001. What a day. What a day. I want you to look at something, if uh, Andy will let us look at that for a couple of minutes on reminding us of what took place on that day. Those of us who were attuned to what was going on back on that day can remember with great vividness What all took place and the horror of it. It was just unbelievable to think that could have happened. Some of you went up to New York. Some of you went on our mission trip up there a couple of years ago, and uh, we saw again uh, the devastation. So and I had the privilege just a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago now, of going back to New York City and going to where the World Trade Center stood and to see that magnificent new building that has arisen. Uh, And stands now as, a, I think, a testament to what uh, those men and women had to endure. and, And as this little video clip said, the courage that they had to stand as they did. It's just so impressive to see that and to know that through their hope in the future, there would be something better. What a day. I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you would. And we want to look for a few minutes at this passage of scripture from the book of 1 Peter and here again Peter writing to a group of people that were discouraged and felt hopeless in many ways. They had been dispersed uh, into various parts of the world and their uh, hope and their faith had sort of wavered a little bit and here's an older man. Uh, Peter at this time had matured a little bit. You recall the life of the Apostle Peter. He was one of those rugged fishermen that Jesus called to be a part of his crew of disciples, and they uh, followed him. They invested their lives and their energy in his ministry, uh, walking along beside him and with him, hearing him teach, seeing him perform miracles, and their lives were changed until that day he stood uh, before Pilate and heard those words that the Jews began to cry out, crucify him, crucify him. And their lives and their hope in what the future held for them began to dissipate. And they didn't know what was going to take place in their lives as a result of that day when he hung on that cross. But aren't we glad that Friday came? Aren't we glad that those uh, fears and uh, disillusionments that they may have experienced changed dramatically as Jesus rose up from the grave and empowered them. And the Holy Spirit fell upon them in such a way that their lives were, would be forever changed. And just as our lives have been forever changed because of September the 11th, the things that took place uh, there, uh, travel is a little bit different. Uh, when you go to an airport, you have to stand in a line. Uh, things that... That we took for granted uh, because of that day. Well, these people in the day that Peter wrote this, he's probably now on up in years. As I said, he was probably a young man. He's the most outspoken one. He's the one that uh, you know spoke up when Jesus was up on the Mount of Transfiguration and said, "Lord, there's no need for us to go anywhere. We've we've been to glory. We can just stay up here and and we just." don't have to do anything now. We can just enjoy the beauty and the glory of God. We've we've been able to experience this wonderful, wonderful thing in our lives. (laughs) A little bit later on, Jesus had to tell him, no, we've got to go back down where the people are. We've got work to do. And Peter's the one that also, standing there when Jesus was on trial, denied Jesus not once, not twice, but three times, saying, I don't know who you're talking about. I never knew the man. I didn't want to have anything to uh, do with him. All hope was gone. But to read these passages of Scripture, and I would encourage you, if you've not read 1 Peter lately, well, you have. I take it back. Some of you in Sunday school have been studying this the last few weeks. Uh, Go back and read your Sunday school lessons. Uh, I know... You may not have remembered everything about it, but uh, it's a wonderful little book. And here is a man who is changed because of what God had done in his life, and it makes such a profound difference in the kind of person Peter has become. Uh, I love to look at his life and, and the complete change in his life. He gives hope to a people that were hopeless. He gives encouragement to a people that were... Discouraged. These are people who had been scattered away from their home. Things had changed in their lives, and as a result of it, they were different. And here, this man who had been with Jesus was able to write with such power and with such words of encouragement. Let me go back and go ahead and read those first few verses, even though I want to kind of focus in on the latter verses of this. First chapter. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, identifies himself as one of those that had the privilege of being sent out by Jesus to God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. <coughs> for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood. He knew about these people. Probably at this time in Peter's life, he was in Rome. Uh, Rome was beginning to experience some very heavy persecution. So much so that old Nero was on the throne. And Nero didn't like the Christians. In fact, when Rome would burn to the ground uh, because... He set it on fire because he wanted something a little bit better and bigger. And his finger of accusation pointed right to the Christians. And as a result of it, so much heartache and so much difficulty uh, became a part of their everyday life. So much so that they began to scatter and they dispersed. And that's exactly what Peter says here. Those who have been dispersed throughout all of these areas have experienced Some difficulty, but they're going to get, it's going to get worse. And it did get worse for them. And he was giving them these words of encouragement. But listen to this, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Not just a little of it, but a lot of grace. You're going to have to have a lot of grace to live through the life that is going to come your way. And we all face that kind of thing. We need that grace, that unmerited favor of God. We need the peace of God. It goes beyond understanding as Paul expressed it. But listen to this doxology of praise that Peter gives. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us a new birth. Into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Kept in heaven for you. We've sung these great songs of uh, heaven, and I appreciate Jeremy and the guys leading us, and Margie playing those great songs of about heaven. Uh, Heaven is a real place, and we need to be able to hope for those things in the future. I hope (laughs) that this is not all there is to this life. Uh, I I know there's not uh, that there is more to this life than what we have to experience, and those difficulties that come our way. But these are some. Men and women and and families that were experiencing great difficulties in their life. And as a result of it, they were away from their home, away from their homeland. They were not back in Palestine anymore. They were just scattered all over the place. And persecution was upon them. And more things were going to be coming their way. But isn't it wonderful that Peter could, still in the midst of all of this... Offer a voice of prayer. What a doxology that is to know that God was going to be with them no, no matter what. And He said, In His great mercy, He has given us this living hope through the resurre- resurrection of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine just how difficult and how disappointed it was for those men who had followed Jesus, like Peter? to experience the things that they had experienced with Jesus. And then all of a sudden, he was crucified. He was put in a tomb. All of their hopes, all of their dreams, all of their aspirations were gone. He was dead. But oh, what a wonderful victory God gave them in sending his son up from that grave and to know that they had the privilege of seeing him for those 40 days that Jesus was on the earth. And it made such a profound difference in their lives. And when the Spirit of God fell upon them and they were able to go forth and share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, it made such a difference in their lives and what a difference it made in Peter's life because he could talk like this. Uh, into this inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Uh, They didn't have much hope uh, for what the future might bring, but here is Peter telling them there is something beyond that you can hold on to And it's because Jesus Christ rose from the dead and it's that hope that we have that there is something way beyond this life. Kept in heaven for you who through the faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you can greatly rejoice though for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. And who among us sitting here tonight, have not endured some pain or some suffering in our lives. Uh, Not a one of us. Uh, I've been here long enough, and some of the families that uh, are here have gone through some illnesses. Some of you have experienced the death of a loved one so dear. Uh, Lloyd was telling me this morning, he and Deborah, our little niece of theirs, a niece and Loy's sister's uh, child, had a baby just a few days ago, right, Loy? And they got home from the hospital uh, with the baby. Baby went full term, born, weighed over seven pounds, and you would think a fine, healthy baby, but the baby died three days later. So such tragedy that it affects all of our lives. We all experience things in our lives that are difficult, and here these people were looking for some word of encouragement in all of the things that they were having to go through, all of the things that were a part of their lives, all of the difficulties that they were experiencing. And here comes a letter, a letter that has a word of hope for them, that there's something better, even though you are going to experience some trials and difficulties, and Peter probably living there in Rome, knew about it was going to be coming. They had already experienced some of the problems, but there were going to be some more coming. That in all kinds of trials, all kinds of trials, it might be sickness, it might be sorrow, it might be the loss of a job, it might be the loss of a home. Now, we know all kinds of trials can come and those difficulties are a part of our lives always. But listen to how he says this. These come so that your faith which is of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire may be proven genuine and may result again in praise and glory to God. To God be the glory. I marvel at the life of Fanny Crosby, if you've not heard her story, born blind, uh, just at a few weeks. Doc, she was uh, born into this world with eyesight, but they said at about six weeks of age she went totally blind, and she was able through God's grace upon her life to write all kinds of hymns. You go through the back of our hymnal, and you'll see countless numbers of hymns that she wrote one of them was to god be the glory great things he has done even with her blindness even in the difficulties of not knowing eyesight not being able to see the sunrise not being able to see the face of a loved one not being able to experience all the things that we take for granted with our eyesight But yet she had such a marvelous spirit about her and she was able to sing songs of praise to God and we're able to sing those songs now because of her faith and because of the things that God had done in her life. Isn't it marvelous to know that there are people who in spite of their difficulties, in in spite of the trials that come their way, are able to still sing praises unto God. I shared with uh, Jeremy earlier this week and uh, he with... uh, uh, others, I'm sure you may have known this, too. Chris walked in. We shared that with him, too. Her, the, the story of, uh, of uh, Fanny Crosby. and Somebody asked her one day, well, what about the fact that you've been born blind? Doesn't that make you sad that you, you've never been able to see? And she said, if I had one wish, it would have been to have been born blind because then the first face that I will ever see will be the face of my Savior, Jesus Christ. What hope in that statement, what hope in in the life of someone who had been crushed by what we would think a physical handicap, she saw it as an asset, because the first person that she would ever behold would be the face of her Savior when she got to heaven. Trials do come, and Peter said, oh, there are going to be some tough times. There are going to be some economic difficulties. There are going to be some times when people hate us as a nation. They did, just as we saw on the screen there, when that, those planes flew into those tall buildings, killing thousands upon thousands of innocent people. It's going to be hatred. There's going to be bitterness. But these have come so that your faith may be tried just like gold is refined through those refiners' fire. And it all will be done so that we may have praise and glory to our Heavenly Father. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Isn't that something to know that Peter could tell these people, oh, I saw Jesus. I walked with him. I I was able to experience him in the flesh and to see those things that he was able to do and know that he was a part of my life. You haven't got that privilege. You and I don't have that privilege even today. We haven't seen him with our eyes. We haven't been with him to hear his voice audibly. But, oh, we know he's there. We know he's with us. Even though Peter said, you haven't seen him, you still love him. And even though you do not see him now, you have that hope. And I hope, there's that big word again I'm using. I hope that we will have that same type of experience in our lives. That we will know that fact beyond any shadow of a doubt. That Jesus walked with us even through the valley of the shadow of death. He is with us. He loves us still even though we have not seen him. Even though we have not heard him. And it brings about joy, an inexpressible joy. Uh, It's just hard for us to express what Jesus has done. And as we've thought about over these past few days and we'll think about it even more throughout this week to come all the things that God has done for us, it ought to cause us to be able to sing praise to our Father for what he has done in our lives. An inexpressible and glorious joy for which you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls, and that promise that is given to us that there will be a place that has been prepared for us. And, oh, we'll gather together around that throne, sing praises to our Heavenly Father over and over and over again. Let me just leave you with this. We have a hope that has been settled. We have a hope that is secure. And we have a hope that will be fulfilled. One day we will be gathered together as the people of God as we have confessed our faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we will be gathered together to sing praises to him forever and ever. Oh, these problems that we have, these difficulties that we have, you young families uh, that are here with small children, uh, there are going to be some days that uh, you wonder, why me, Lord? (laughs) What have I ever done to deserve all of this? There are times in our lives that we all sit back and wonder, Why me? Why, Lord? Why do these things come upon my life and upon my family? But I'm here to tell you there is a God of hope. A God that sends his love to us day by day. And a hope that is secure. A hope that one day will be fulfilled. We remain faithful to him. I'm reminded so many times of those things in our lives. It's the, the troubles that come, the difficulties that we encounter truly, truly affect our lives. So many on that day in September in 2001 whose lives were upset As never before. The floods that have come to our state. Even uh, in recent months and weeks. We think of those things. But we think about how God has sustained. And God will continue to sustain. He's still on his throne. Reggie said it before the election. Don't get disheartened. Because God will still be on his throne. No matter what. And no matter what comes your way. We can listen to these words from a great apostle, somebody who'd had lots of trouble in his life, who'd had problems just like you and I, but we have that assurance that God is with us always, no matter what. And I hope that you will remember what a day that will be when Jesus we shall see, and we'll be able to sing for all eternity the goodness of God. Would you join me as we pray? Our Father, it is with deep, abiding gratitude that we come tonight to thank you for that hope, that blessed hope that we hold on to, that hope is that is secure because of what Jesus Christ did. And how we thank you tonight that we can live with the assurance in our hearts that someday, Lord these difficulties that we encounter, the sorrows that come our way, the problems that we have day by day will be done away with. And we'll be reunited in your kingdom of heaven forevermore. Thank you, Lord, for these faithful followers of yours. And we just pray that our lives will be recommitted to you and hold on in hope for that day when we shall be gathered together in your home prepared for us who follow you as Lord and Savior. for we ask it in Jesus' name.